0: Welcome, Krista. Um, lovely to have you here. Um, you just did a session, and uh, for the people that uh, see you on live stream or um, hear you speaking on the podcast, they might recognize you, since uh, a lot of people, I assume, um, have watched some Google <laughs> Analytics videos in the past, um, which you did a lot of. Um, I think that that must have been a great position to be in, and uh, um, to be able to share and. Uh, teach people to do what you do, what you love. Um, but let's t- let's start with your uh, session uh, uh, today. You had a keynote and you spoke about digital analytics trends um, and um, uh, talk about what's next in digital analytics. So, um, yeah, tell us what's next. Yeah, so uh, a lot of what
1: I talked about is based on some research that I've been doing over the last uh, month or two, just trying to understand kind of what are the platforms that people are using today to do analytics, what are they looking at tomorrow, um, kind of what is their game plan when it comes to how they are planning out their digital future uh, for their businesses. And what I've been finding is while a lot of people still use Google Analytics, Adobe Analytics, some of the major providers as their primary platform, when it comes to secondary platforms, um, some of the smaller players are actually becoming much more poplar, popular. Things like Mixpanel and Heap and Amplitude, um, Segment, Snowplow. Um, there's yeah. a bunch of things that are starting to pop up that we hadn't heard even a couple oh years ago.
0: Yeah, I think you showed a graph. Uh, I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think 80% uh, of them use uh, of, of merchants and uh, uh, websites use the the bigger names, mm-hmm. and then we have 12 points. 7 8%, <laughs> uh, the smaller ones, and the rest is uh, in-house. Right, huh? yeah.
1: and I think in-housing is another trend that we're starting to see. So uh, I think, you know, 7 or 8% that are using in-housing, um, yeah. kind of rolling their own analytics as a primary uh, platform, but when it comes to secondary platforms, we're seeing it a lot more. So people are starting to use more than one analytics platform, and often we're seeing that as they start to, to do another type of platform, and another type of data analysis, it's in-house. It's doing their own thing. It's getting those data pipelines together um, and really figuring out how they can kind of take it to the next level with data science, data mining, ML, all of those kind of things. Yes. And,
0: and what's driving this, this trend?
1: You know, I, I think uh, over the course of the research, the two biggest things that I saw, um, and these are actually kind of conflicting um, trends, is this desire to kind of do more yourself, own it in-house and really be in control of your own data. Um, And then the other trend I saw is actually a trend towards consolidation and people wanting to do it all in one platform, being able to see across web and app or across platform and, and those kind of things. So they're a little bit at odds, but I think the underlying um, sentiment in all of it is that people want to own their data. They want to be able to get that raw event data and analyze it the way that they want. Yep. And I think that the platforms mm-hmm. that allow for that are the ones that are going to um, you know, continue to be popular in the future.
0: Yeah, or not only just want to own their data, but uh, with GDPR, especially here in, uh, in Europe, mm-hmm. uh, they need to own, <laughs> own totally. part of their yep. data. Yeah. That's an important driver.
2: And And with all-in-one, you mean uh, not only devices, but different browsers, different locations, uh, work, home, uh, everything combined?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, we're a very digital society. We have so many different ways of accessing this information. And it's really hard as a business to bring it all together. But certainly there's a desire to look at somebody as a user and throughout their entire user journey rather than just a single platform or browser window.
0: Yeah. Yeah, You also spoke about a new feature in Google Analytics combining uh, uh, web and app. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, one of one of my favorite things, something that I worked on for about two years before leaving Google earlier this year, uh, is their new app and web properties. Um, so I worked on it as a product manager and also as kind of that Analytics advocate helping people and uh, you know understand what it is they are building and and how it would be useful to users or, or what were the types of things that we needed to consider as we as we started to build this new platform um, and you know it's it's exciting it builds on the success of Google Analytics for Firebase and kind of completely flips that data model on its head so it goes from a sessions and page view model that we had in kind of the traditional universal analytics or, or what we see in Google Analytics today, and it's moving more towards a an event and parameter uh, data model, which is what you actually see in some of the newer platforms like yep. a, um, you know, a mixed panel and amplitude, those types of things. Um, so, you know, we're, we're looking at how that data uh, can be more useful in the future. Um, and it's really exciting. It works cross-platform. It takes that Google Analytics for Firebase data. Um, it adds web streams of data, is what they're calling it. So you can have multiple different streams from iOS, Android, web. Um, I suspect we'll th- see things for like single-page apps and, and all of those uh, types of things. Um, and it brings it all together in one, you know, interface, one way to analyze yeah. it. Um, and I think. And, you know this speaks to some of the trends that we're seeing in the data one of the really exciting things of this new platform is actually it's all available at via an export with BigQuery for free as compared to the the paid version of Google Analytics where you actually have to pay for that BigQuery export so I think there's a lot of things that we're seeing here that are speaking to some of the trends uh, in the data and where the industry is going
0: yeah and um, so in, in that sense do you think Google is, is, is Google catching up to the other uh, uh, competitors out there or are they lagging behind? Or
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you can look at it in a number of ways. Yeah. Um Sure, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of catching up in terms of that data model and that yeah. being the primary data model, um, but I also think, you know, it's it's one of the first platforms out there that truly is bringing together web and app in, in a way that you can actually analyze that data across everything. Um, there are other platforms that have tried to do it. Uh, you know, I think people have had varying degrees of success. Yeah. One of the things that sets Google apart is you know, its ability to be able to map that user across uh, you know, a namespace. Um, yeah, it's, and so har- it's hard
0: to do, right? So it's <laughs>
1: oh, it's very hard to do, of course. Yeah. I mean, for years we've been saying, well, like, oh yeah, of course you can do it, you just need a, a user identifier. So if you have a login, that's great. Yeah. Um, but most websites don't have a login, and you exactly. need to really be able to, you know, understand that. And so Google's doing some pretty cool things there to be able to make that much more accessible.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, yeah, we spoke about it uh, uh, today a couple of times. Um, so you, you advise companies on their analytics. What are the most common things that you see going wrong or suboptimal <laughs> when you start sure. with that?
1: You know, one of the things that I actually um, I find more often than not is not necessarily that things are wrong or broken. I mean, they often are. But more that people, companies are not taking advantage of the platforms that they have. Yep. Um, and I find it really funny because in, in today's business businesses, we have more and more platforms and we, we continue to buy and add to that marketing tech stack. Um, And yet we're underutilizing the tools that we have. And even when it comes to something like Google Analytics, I've heard very large, you know, premium 360 paying customers of Google Analytics say they had no idea they could create a custom segment or what is a secondary dimension or, you know, we're not using event tracking. And it, it kind of blows my mind because these are very, you know, fundamental ways to get more out of your analytics solution. And you know, in, in my mind, you, you shouldn't be investing further in, in other platforms and trying to pull so much data together until you're actually utilizing the platforms that you have.
0: Yeah. And, and do you feel this is more of a, a lack in technical knowledge or is it more about um, the strategies, the goals within the company that, that might not be well defined? You or know, both? I
1: think it's I think it's both. Um, I think you absolutely need to start with some type of business requirements and know what mm-hmm. it is you're trying to track and why. And hopefully that leads into the types of, uh, you know, tracking and things that you would implement to be able to answer those questions. But I think there's definitely a lack of, of knowledge. If you don't know that you can create a custom segment to be able to analyze that data, yep. you're never going to be able to take your analysis to that next level.
2: Yeah. So they didn't watch your videos then? (laughs) I guess they haven't (laughs) watched my videos yet. Here's a link.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can check out the Analytics Academy, check out uh, all those videos to teach you how to do those kind of things. Um, But there's there's so many free resources out there for analytics education. Um, So I I think the resources are there. There's still just a lack of... Kind of knowing that you need to take it to that next level. If if you're not aware that these things exist, all the training in the world could be there, and and yet you know you're not going to be able to actually utilize the tools. C- somebody needs to tell you that that it's yeah. there.
0: Well, es- especially I think with with Google Analytics. I mean, w- for example, compared with something like Heap, they are recording all events right away after you install Heap, but with Google Analytics. It Need to do still a lot of work to do before everything is set up right. Uh, the events, the e-commerce tracking, uh, I work for a lot of merchants. So that's something you need to set up and it's not always obvious and, and straightforward. So.
1: Yeah, so I think actually that's one of the really cool things that I'm excited about in the new app and web properties. So there's this new thing called enhanced measurement, where it's actually kind of out of the box, you can just toggle on and off a bunch of different events um, that will track then automatically once you flip that toggle. Yep. And the entire goal is that they are trying to make it much more accessible and easy for people who are not as technical or don't have the resources to be able to set those things up to do things like scroll tracking and outbound link tracking uh, yep. and you know search result tracking and, and those kind of things. And it's it's amazing that you know you can just kind of flip a switch and that's turned on now. Um, and I I think that list of of things that you can do through enhanced measurements is going to continue to expand, and I'm really excited to see where they go with it.
0: That would be really helpful, because often you want to do an analysis of something that's not measured, and you still have to wait a couple of weeks to get the data in instead of, oh, we already have data from... 3 years that's well nice
2: it's probably going to be like this and like right uh, so now they're increasing the data increasing the data and then the next step is all right so we're going to teach you now what the uh, the, Th- the what useful data is <laughs> to uh, to uh, actually so you can act upon it and so it's probably going to uh, increase and then decrease that that's the normal way it goes but I'm happy if if it would be a lot easier to track things that every normal people would like to track yeah. uh, i mean w- we still run into e-commerce stores who can attract the conversions but don't have the um the v- the order values Revenue. for example. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it it makes uh working on your CRO a lot harder.
0: Yeah and then it also comes back to um, uh to the strategy that the companies have. I also worked at a company where they won I came it wasn't Google Analytics but they all the e commerce managers for each country they got a report um based on order data, just the number of orders compared to what they budgeted for. So yeah w- what are you going to act upon? I <laughs> mean yeah. If you they just started giving out discounts, yeah, that's, <laughs> Th- <laughs> that's so painful. If you <laughs> if that's not, if the data is not there, and everyone, they, the e-commerce manager, they knew. They're, I mean, they're not stupid. Uh, but if that's uh, the the data you get and what you talk about with your manager, then that's what you.
2: If that what determines if you get your bonus or not, then you're going to give out discounts. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Hey, I want a very practical question about the Google Analytics videos. How often did you guys have to redo those? because Maybe a personal frustration (laughs) with Google Letters. (laughs) Well, it's not. It's it's. Well, it's it's also frustration, but also um, uh, amazed by how, how much developments it's conti- it's it's continuously going through. Um, I often find myself lost in Google Analytics because something changed again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so for
1: sure. I mean, there there are parts of them that we've redone over the years. I think the Google Tag Manager course is probably the you know the hardest one to keep up to date, um, yeah. and yeah. a lot of those updates came in the form of kind of text box telling yeah. you that this has changed. Um, I definitely re-recorded scenes of of several over over time, but I think in general the most re-recording was just me stumbling over my words (laughs) in the studio (laughs) as we were filming the first ones. Had a very, very (laughs) patient filming crew uh, helping me, and we we had a lot of fun in the studio doing this.
0: Yeah. What are the things you're looking forward to, uh, let's say next year? What are the the technological advancements in our field? What makes you excited?
1: Yeah, I, I am very excited to see where Google goes with this new app and web property. I think we're, you know, we're just at the beginning. There's a lot of things that aren't there yet. It doesn't have uh, enhanced e-commerce yet, yep. um, although it's coming soon. Uh, and Insider yeah. information. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of advancements that are going to come there that are, are helping to get to kind of that use case parity with uh, Universal Analytics and, and then taking it a step farther. I think there's a lot of uh, new features that are app and web only. So for example, the new analysis section that was available or is available in Google Analytics 360, there's some new techniques coming out to analyze your data, and they're, they're coming first and primarily in the app and web stuff. For example, the pathing reports, um, which were something that I worked on when I was at Google. I helped um, build that and launch it, and it was actually my, my personal motto to kill all of the old user reports, uh, user flow reports from Google Analytics because they were so terrible. Um, so, of course, because that was my motto, yeah. I, I, got, you know, I got pathing handed to me as something I had to go figure out um but it's exciting oh, you,
0: you started complaining <laughs> 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 make it better then.
2: go fix it
1: pretty much yeah that's that's how google works in general <laughs> um but yeah I'm, I'm excited for you know to see where that goes um, you know on a more personal note i'm excited to kind of uh really get back into doing digital analytics day to day so i've recently yeah. started my own analytics consulting firm called ks digital uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be helping companies really get into their digital strategy and, uh, you know, analyze their Google Analytics data or whatever it might be, helping them understand those business requirements and get set up yep. and, in a way that's going to be really fruitful for them.
0: Any specific type of clients or segments you're looking for, or...?
1: Um, you know I I think they're all listening (laughs) you can pitch yourself now it's Uh, it's a Dutch (laughs) podcast (laughs) (laughs) it depends on the business case Um, you know I think my my strong suit really is around Google Analytics um, but just digital strategy in general so um, I'm looking for clients who are trying to uh, do better with what they're doing um, online and you know who may need help auditing what they're doing with Google Analytics and setting up a better implementation setting up a better uh, solution design and, and really you know driving that forward
0: okay cool and uh well you've been speaking a lot worldwide also uh you travel to the netherlands often so are there are there big differences that you see in how people uh handle analytics or um, what we do in our our general area uh, where we work in uh how people handle data of course we have a lot less data we tend to have less data here Hmm. um what's your view on that
1: yeah i mean I, i think Uh, I've seen some really interesting things worldwide, so um, when I was at Google, I spent three months over in Asia doing advocacy for data um, over there. I think, you know, a lot of those markets are, are a little less mature in, in how they're using um, analytics data uh, specifically. I think some markets are much more mature. Yep. Um,
2: I think China uh, China's pretty mature with all the cameras they're building.
1: <laughs> China China's <laughs> decently mature. You know, I was I'm constantly surprised by actually the Australian market. I think that they in particular um, have gone really deep on just like data analysis and getting really technical with data. Okay. Um, almost as if they, they skipped the whole web analytics, behavioral data side yep. of things and dumped everything into a data warehouse and you have to be very technical to be an analyst there. Um, I, think, I think there are pros and cons to all of that, by the way. Um, I think the most, most of the European market is kind of somewhere in the middle. I think um, you know, they've, they've started to progress pretty uh, significantly um, getting more technical. Um, but I, I, think that there's a strong kind of digital analytics, uh, offering here. I do think you get things like GDPR, which takes away some of that data that you can have access to. Um, but you know, everybody is starting to feel the pains of, of that along with other regulations being put in place in the U S we have CCPA coming up. Yeah. Specifically um,
0: California. Is that right?
1: Well, I mean, it's a California regulation, but yeah. any business that does business with anybody in California ah, has to yeah. comply. So okay. basically it's all of the U S yeah. just
2: for me. What, what does it mean? Uh, the Sorry.
1: California Consumer Privacy Act. So it's it's kind of the the California version almost of GDPR okay. except for it's the inverse. You actually have to it, you don't have to get opt-in consent, it's opt-out consent. Okay. Um but you have to display a message on on the on your website someplace basically saying that that business has the right to sell your data. Oh. Um <laughs> which is how they've right. how they've worded it something like that. Um which is it's a little bit off-putting. So I I'm curious to see mm. kind of the impacts of that. Um but then on top of that, you have things like ITP and ETP now with Mozilla, where we're losing more and more data yep. and we have to figure out ways as analysts to work around that to get the things that we need um, so that we can continue to do our jobs.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, th- those messages might be off-putting, but we also have some experience here with GDPR and before that we had a, a different cookie law. Um, once every website has it. Yeah. As a user, you just no one cares. The it's Internet's really unusable u- in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, really, it's really annoying. You, you just click accept.
2: Yeah, you click whatever, whatever they throw at you. You just click accept. Yeah. Doesn't and matter whether ch- things are checked on or checked off or. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we did. A, of course, when you work for companies, they want as many people as possible to accept. <laughs> they optimize for that, and they get over 99% people accepting. And then, but that also kind of makes yeah. the law. <laughs> Specifically,
2: <laughs> conversion opse- uh, uh, optimization process for the cookie, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the cookie banner popping up. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. an important
0: one, right? Uh, otherwise, you for
1: sure. Yeah. I did yeah. a lot of testing actually um, in in a former role where we actually used something like a, a usertesting.com or validately to go through so many different mocks of you know acceptance of different cookie guidelines uh, and you know went from very little acceptance to to a place where we felt a little bit more comfortable as a business. Um, But definitely something that you need to think about. Don't just slap something up there and and hope that everything's gonna be okay.
0: Yeah. Um, One of the themes today, uh, diversity. Um, uh, What kind of um, segments segments do you see being very useful for clients to be looking at? Uh, Often clients, especially when they start out, just trying to optimize for the average user. Which can be hard if there's no average. Which is a big problem. Yeah. Which can be a big. Well, uh, it can be a big issue, or maybe even waste of time if there's no uh, average yep. user. Uh, what kind of segments do you often see being very useful for people in, for example, e-commerce?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, again, this is really going to depend on the business. Some, sometimes things like age and, and gender demographics uh, help and oftentimes um, they don't have any impact at all. It's a lot yep. more about that user behavior on site. Um, the things that they're looking at previously, the things they're, um, you know, showing interest in are uh, great signals for you to be able to then segment that uh, user experience, offer them more personalized experiences, you know, be able to remarket to those users. So I think, you know, while surface level metrics um, can can sometimes be useful much more often, it's really understanding, you know, what are the major, um, you know, interests of people on your site yeah. and then and go after those interests.
0: Yeah, and, and demographics can be tricky. I mean, we just had uh, someone from Vodafone and uh, Transavia airline uh, saying, yeah, we, we look at uh, Google Analytics uh, demographics, but when, when, when we try to validate it, it doesn't. Not really that accurate. <laughs> not that yeah,
1: accurate. I mean, and demographic data is tough, right? Yeah. Like you have people who share browsers or computers and various things, and so you know that in, that inferred data is is going to be mixed. Um, you know, I've I've gotten uh, nicely targeted ads to buy men's clothing, and I'm like, well, I was just I, I searched to buy a shirt for my husband, but like I'm I'm not a man, and yeah. I'm not necessarily looking for that. Um, ongoing, and so I think you know you have to take that as a grain of salt, or so just one input into kind of the overall segment that you're building.
0: Yeah, a lot of companies to do it, right? So if I- you start optimizing, you start uh, creating those segments. And uh, in this case, if if someone's looking for men clothing, probably a man, but maybe that's that's the bulk of the group. But then of course you miss out <laughs> a lot of people that are looking uh, for, for presents. Yeah, looking for presents, yeah. and uh, so I, I w- for example, I worked at a flower company, it was 98% n- uh, gifting, so yeah, someone, could yes. yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a Swedish company actually, <laughs> uh, but it was really hard to optimize for for that person because th- this week they would buy something for their mother, uh, for a lover, for I don't know, funerals. We also did, uh, so yeah, if it's gifting, it's really hard to optimize for that. I mean, that. They can have a, uh, a, a favorite flower themselves. Doesn't mean yeah. You yeah. definitely
1: don't want to remark it to somebody in the market for funeral flowers. Oh, no, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, that's. I mean, that's that's. It uh that would be awkward. Yeah, and yeah, it's, um, yeah and, and something like Valentine's Day or Mother's Day, you can do that something the li- year after, but fa- not for <laughs> yeah. not for funerals. Uh, hopefully, that yeah, yeah, that's different. And something I'm
2: uh, I'm curious about. Um, how wha- how do you feel about using uh? Can you create like standardized personas in Google Analytics, and do you think it's useful, like like Heisenberg or, I just opened it uh, Myers Briggs types indicators, things like that. What's your opinion about that?
1: Um, I mean, sure, you can create very detailed segments of of the types of users that you're looking for in Google Analytics. You can, you know, if you have uh, the 360 version or something, you can upload a lot of that data back in if you're if you're doing it in you know a data warehouse and BigQuery or something like that. Um, but I, I think it's the application of those segments that's the really important thing, right? So what are you actually using them for besides just analysis of your data? How can you be a little bit more proactive with those segments of data? Um, I think, you know, personalization when it comes to A-B testing solutions, you can share those seg- same segments from Google Analytics into Google Optimize, for example, and then personalize towards a persona that you've built out. Um I think personas can also be really really useful not just in your online uh, you know analysis and, and marketing but also in your product development right understanding that data that you have and then using that to help guide how to make a better product for for various personas so yes I think you can do it I think it's the application of, of what you're using that for that's more important there yeah
0: but th- I think that's uh, that's a big challenge for a lot of customers right, trying to figure out which segments make sense yeah. By the way, as, a yeah, psych- exactly. as a psychologist, I have an opinion on my bricks. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: but, but uh, yeah, but the idea behind the question was um, a lot of companies don't actually have a persona of their customers, oh, right? Yeah. They, they segmented in uh, like small or big, yeah. or bu- but not really like focused on interest or something. So, oh, so they usually refer to standardized uh, personas in that way. Yeah.
0: so you, you want to the other way around, or other way around, but a really data-driven way to create personas based on yeah. your Google Analytics data. For example. Yeah, that would be nice.
1: It would be nice. I mean I, I think <laughs> it's only one part of the input, right? Yeah. Um, so much of persona building is around the qualitative input. Yeah. Um you know, can can you do some of that with Google Analytics? Can you can you get your qualitative data into GA? Yeah, you can. Um there's many ways of doing that. Uh, you know, Google surveys is a is a great option. Um, oh yeah, they're yeah. working on some cool stuff there. Uh but you know, I, I think it's it's all of the inputs that go into it and your your quantitative web analytics data is only one part of what a persona can yeah. be. Yeah. Um I led a year long persona segmentation project when I was at Google actually and you know, the GA data certainly was a big input, but it was very much paired with a lot of qualitative uh, input both in terms of survey data and diary studies, and then there was some log file analysis and, and Google Analytics data, and kind of all of that helped us put together kind of who our personas were um, based on, you know, a lot of different aspects, and that then helped us to, to build the next iteration of, of Google Analytics.
0: Yeah, and, and then again, it, it can be, there are a lot of situational aspects. Again, like again with the uh, uh, example of the flowers, you can you can uh, target me as a persona, but if I'm buying for someone else, <laughs> uh, there some some uh, of course there might be something that that are uh, um, that can be helpful in in the way I buy things. But yeah. um, uh, that might be helpful. Um, but still, there might be a different situations where someone is in. Or we uh, I also see a lot usually a lot of um, a big difference between people shopping during working hours or outside of that or uh, weekday weekends. Um, Persona is probably the same but they act differently
2: Yeah, but they're a generalization, right? We accept yep. that it's, a, it's yep. a model and a model is never, never yep. accurate yep. but um, uh, I think it could help um, companies who are just starting out basically trying to use their data in some way uh, maybe even uh, after doing the first ever check if the <laughs> data is actually being collected to, to start out and to try and understand what you can do with it and yep. maybe advance from there
1: And I think, you know, a really cool opportunity maybe for for Google is to to start thinking along those lines um, when it comes to their intelligence uh, tools that they're building into Google Analytics, right? The insights cards, the intelligence. Can we... Intelligently tell you about you know a unique segment that we found and how that behavior differs from others and you know Help build those out into personas. Um, So I'm happy to pass that along to the team Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no,
2: I mean but but it would be awesome if then and then for for Google's sake if you then can connect it to Google Ads uh, Basically the analytics is telling you which segment is uh, highly profitable Mm -hmm.
0: Well, that's the whole reason Google <laughs> Analytics exists is because of Google AdWords, right? So
2: yeah, no, but <laughs> if Google can um, uh, more or less automate that or, or uh, um, more specifically do it in, in the outliers, yep. that would be helpful.
0: Yeah. But uh, Google Analytics Insights also already partially doing that, right? Uh, looking at segments, notifying you of weird behavior.
1: It's getting better. I yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it's uh, you know it's a multi-year project to really build yeah. that out into something that's very useful. But um, you know, even I myself am, am surprised sometimes by the really interesting insights that I'm starting to get there. Uh, and I, I know it's only going to get better. Yeah. Um, those are the
0: great insights, right? W- whether you're doing uh, qualitative or quantitative research, if you think huh, totally, yeah. That's actually, weird. the PM, <laughs> the PM for the, the
1: Insights product actually just pinged me last night about some new stuff that they've got coming down the pipe. So I'm pretty excited for that to come out.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, thank you so much. Uh, any, anything, uh, y- where do you get your inspiration from, f- work wise?
1: Um, you know, I've got a really great group of friends that are kind of in the analytics, digital, um, you know, marketing space. And I get a lot of inspiration from, from them, from just hanging out, from being at conferences and networking, from reading a lot of the new stuff coming out. I think there are some really prolific bro- bloggers in our industry, and I get a lot of inspiration from them. Um yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of places to get that inspiration. I think uh, it's, it's what you actually do with it um, yeah. and, and kind of how you turn that around into, you know, a blog post or some, you know, social outreach or a, a business idea um, is, is really the important thing to take away there.
0: Yeah, so friends in the industry, husband in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah ask Martijn yeah. the, in the podcast, do you, talk, do you guys talk? About something differently at home, but uh, it's mainly... <laughs> no, every <laughs> once in a
1: while, he's like, okay, we're going to have a Google Analytics session. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, great. <laughs> yeah, but it's
0: Sunday. Can we please do this uh, another time? Yeah. yeah. Um, anything uh, fun you guys are doing while well you're in the uh, in Netherlands?
1: Uh, we're visiting family. Um, So seeing, seeing the parentals. I'm uh, going to spend a couple of days hanging out in Amsterdam, too. Um, Yeah. Unfortunately, you guys didn't didn't bring us some nice weather though this trip.
0: <laughs> uh, no, that's uh no, sorry. Yeah, we yeah. forgot. I just <laughs> came from uh, Switzerland. It was worse there. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's small
2: comfort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very small comfort. Yeah.
1: And you wonder uh, why we live in California?
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Krista, thank you so much. Have yeah. uh, have a lovely day.
2: Thanks for having me. You're
0: welcome.